0: People want to believe. We tell each other, just read the Bible. But what happens when it just isn't easy to understand? This is No God.
1: Welcome to the No God Podcast. I am here today with my dad and my mom, Sandy and Tony.
2: Hi, Micah.
0: Hi, Micah.
1: What, uh, what do we have for today?
2: Well, today we want to, uh, as we've been progressing along in some of our podcasts and some of these topics, we realize that talking a little bit more about what it means to be made in the image of God would probably be a good thing to do. So that's what we're going to give a shot to today.
1: All right. So because on our last bonus episode, the, the bonus episode for our talk on what is a soul, we touched on that a little bit.
2: We did. And it makes sense to spend a little more time talking about the image of God. It's really... Probably one of the more critical topics in the Bible to kind of guide everything else. And so it's a big deal. I've thought about it a long time and more recently just in these podcasts about soul and spirit, and body, the nature of man. It's, it's a good one to go to next.
1: All right. Let's jump right in then. All right.
2: Well, I do want to just kind of just footnote here right at the beginning that I've been influenced a lot in some areas by uh, one of my professors from a number of years ago, uh, Jack Cultural of Cincinnati, Ohio. And part of this discussion about image of God is definitely strongly influenced by things that I heard in his lectures and have processed for some time. And so I just wanted to give credit to that, uh, that great uh, professor and appreciate his influence in my life. Awesome. So the image of God is a thing the Bible talks about all the way back to the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve were created. And it has huge implications for a lot of aspects of morals now and uh, valuing people. And so we'll just kind of jump into that. I do want to give an overview of what we're talking about when we talk about image of God. I don't know if that's been a topic that's handled much, but I kind of want to throw some pictures out first because it has some facets to it. One of the facets of the image of God is just an innate quality of a human being. I believe these are probably all mostly attached or completely attached to just the spirit part of a human being, but it's just inherently there. It is embedded in, it's part of our design. It's like being in the image of God is like a statue that's made in the image of a human being. And it will always look like that human being as much as that depiction was accurate. And it's not gonna change. It's not like on the next day somebody looks at it, it's gonna look like, you know, somebody else it's, right. a statue has an in, inherent nature once it's been made in the image of a person so one aspect of the image of god is that it's like a statue it's embedded it's unchangeable it's always going to be like that um, a second part of it is in the image of god is like a relational capacity and that is in the sense of relationship to god we are like a mirror
0: okay.
2: that we reflect an image of god when people look at a human being and so there is the mirror aspect so statue mirror and then the third aspect of that is more like functional what what how do we live what do we do it's kind of like something that is moving and changing and such and so in some ways it's like an 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 artisan that is fulfilling a design within themselves that's not strictly embedded because it's influenced a lot by environment and opportunity and stuff, but an artisan that, whether that is a farmer or an artist or a designer or even a, a person that uh, manages and leads uh, systems and things, it's an artisan aspect. It is. It's, it's embedded. It's, hard. it's like a software-type program that runs in us that is always capable of adaptation, but it still reflects the same creative artisan aspect of God in hmm. the fact that he's our creator. Yeah. Hmm. So we have those those pictures there. And so with that in mind, we could go ahead and read Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. It's well known. We've read it before, but it probably is a good reference point for us now.
0: So you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, and the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground.
2: That's a lot to read, and it brings into our, our relationship with all of the rest of the creation, and that we have a dominion, or the old word is dominion, um, leadership over, the management of, the rule over, as the NIV says here, those are all things that uh, are aspects of the result of that we are made in the image of God. That's not the image of God, but it is the fact that that's what happens. That's what our destiny is. Hmm. That Genesis 1 passage is kind of big picture. Here's Here created them male and female in the image of God. The specific of that, again, is a fairly well-known passage in creative in creation talk, and that's Genesis 2-7. And I just want to read from the New American Standard Bible. It says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being, which then we know in parenthesis is soul from our soul conversation. And there is this aspect that the image of God is tied to this moment of breathing into man, this soul aspect of the human being. And again, we talked about that. You can either look at soul as a function mainly of the spirit or something separate from the spirit and separate from the body. But the image of God is tied to the spirit soul aspect of a human being, not so much the body. The physical appearance of a human being is not the physical appearance of God since God has no physical appearance appearance actually he is invisible he has no material nature um and so that's genesis chapters one and two help us to see that and so of all those above and out that thinking about so we're like a statue Mm -hmm. reflect we are like a mirror that reflects god we are like artisans who behave reflecting god in the image of god we have this this skill set this form is inherent in our nature it's there it Regardless of whether a person believes in God or not, that is there.
1: Yeah. So with the artist in that uh, aspect, is that sort of how, like, like the creativity we express, is that sort of part of the image of God in us?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes when we think of creative people, we think of artists. Right. But actually creativity is in every role in life, all the way from parenting to... Uh, leading in relationships to developing farmlands and gardens and engineering. All of these things are are artisan in the big general sense. So, yeah, that is. And that's that's often, when I've heard conversations about image of God and read books on it, they tend to focus in more on that. Right. Because it seems to be more, you know, more glamorous in a sense. And, and <laughs> it seems to be something we can engage in. Whereas, well, I'm like a statue. I'm in the image of God. I can't change that. But that part of it statue part is just as important as being an artisan. And the mirror is a very interesting uh, analogy of reflecting God's likeness and thinking about, you know, asking ourselves a question. So when a person looks at me, what aspect of God do they see reflected in me?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And some people are not comfortable about themselves thinking of that when a person looks at me, because you've heard these like trite kind of I don't know, cliche phrases, you know, you just want to, you just want to, when people see me, I want them to see Jesus. You know, with those (laughs) kinds of things, you know.
0: (laughs) So no matter what we do, like claiming the house, we reflect the image of God and how we do that is part of that, right?
2: Right, and even how each, and this is the amazing, I mean, again, this is the the awesomeness of thinking about God as our creator and creating us in his image. Every person who, let's say, keeps house, their mm-hmm. own house, does it in their own little unique way. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And which shows the multifaceted creativity of God in that person. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, so let's just jump ahead to one implication. Right. So then a person should learn from others and should observe and maybe model themselves after, after others. But ultimately, the real joy And the sweet spot for a person is to be who they are as God's expression of his image in them and not try to imitate or be the image of another person. We should only thrive in being in the image of God.
0: Well, that's, I mean, the house cleaning thing. A good example, when we were first married, first had our... Home, especially after the kids were born and there was more messes. Um, hey. you know, I the, people would write books, and you go to things where they would talk about the best way to clean your house. You know how to be organized, how to. And I tried a bunch of different things.
1: Yeah, and well, I just a, um, the, the lady on Netflix that has the uh, the. Uh spark joy thing. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't have Netflix back then.
1: <laughs> oh, no. No, we didn't.
0: But anyway, I finally found my way of doing it. That then it was, more, I, I could do it with joy. Not all the time, but um, yeah. So that I learned from others, but I had to find my own
1: way to reflect God. Her way of doing it was uh, having all of us kids do it yes. for her while she drank lemonade. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. That's it, that's, that's really good. Yeah.
2: So we've done a little defining of the image of God. It's, yeah. you know, the the static definition, we're like a statue, we're like a mirror, we're like an artisan kind of thing. And even though that, that kind of gives some descriptive elements, let's move a little bit more into describing some details of what being in the image of God looks like. One of them is, and again, these are assumptions that are made. I can't like, I'm not gonna quote book, chapter, and verse on every one of these. But the nature of a human being having a sense of personhood, personal identity, a consciousness is an aspect of the image of God. It is it is we are independent of any other person. In other words, I don't exist merely because I am totally absorbed in the identity of another person. The image of God always drives a human being. To want to have a personal identity, not folded into another person's identity. Interesting. And so, again, you can kind of just think about history. You think about even just people you know. <clears> That's <throat> a problem when a person finds their more of their sense of identity in someone else
1: yeah.
2: rather than in their relationship of reflecting the image of God. We shouldn't be trying to reflect the image of another person.
0: It's called codependency. <laughs> well,
2: it's called codependency, but it's also like it's a huge expectation. I mean, why do why yeah. do parents post so many things about their children mm. doing interesting little detail things, except to have a again not in every case, but it sometimes seems like that parent is simply trying to show how their they are being reflected in their child.
0: What right. a good parent they are.
2: Yes. So when we think about implications in parenting, if I understand that my child is made in the image of God, I should be helping them. Yes, they're gonna model themselves after me as a parent, but there comes a time when I help them to realize that really who they are reflecting is their creator God, who they are made in the image of. So that's an important shift that parents have to do. We think about letting go when we are sending a kid off to college or to the first day of school, but we also have to let go of having that child reflect yeah. us. I think you see that a lot them.
1: in not just parenting, but uh, in friendships and romantic relationships. And uh, it just if someone is looking for an interesting example, or if they can't quite get their mind around this, the show Parks and Recreation
2: <laughs> has an
1: interesting plot in later seasons where a character, uh, I believe her name's Anne. Uh, Ann Perkins, okay, I just remembered she realizes every time she gets into a relationship, she absorbs the personality of whoever she's in the relationship with mm-hmm. and has to take time to figure out who she is before she can be in a healthy relationship. Oh, that's a
0: good example.
2: Well, and actually, I'm just gonna piggyback on that because it's just as frustrating to try to reflect. This is even weird Okay, to reflect my, my own sense of personal identity out into the world. It's almost like then you've got mirrors facing each other. <laughs> and you really what are you reflecting it becomes nonsense. Whereas in that, in like in a dating relationship, rather than reflecting the person there, or then I, oh, I have to get, I have to get focused on myself so I can just truly be myself. Well, that's actually not a final solution. The final solution is, oh, I need to reflect on my creator so that my, his image will be reflected in me in my unique way and my uniqueness in his image will come out to others. Because that
1: other step for that would be almost the, uh, the, the Instagram you, the, the like. Perfectly staged uniqueness that doesn't actually reflect who you really are.
2: Right. It is a self-created image. And I know that many people would even teach that as a solution to that problem, but it is a dead end. Interesting. Hmm. In fact, you could almost—I'm um, not a psychologist, so I'm not going, I'm not going to give my opinion. <laughs> Psychologists out there, you mm-hmm. can uh, chime in on this. Yes.
1: So yeah, it's that I mean, we've hit on a lot of deep, deep topics there—codependency and <laughs> self-image.
2: Right. So there are many things that, in current uh, psychological research and psychological theory, that would say that many aspects of the human quality is just. Chemicals and electric impulses within the human brain. And I would just suggest to just kind of roll things together without a ton of explanation. That this personhood thing also revolves into the intellectual capability of thinking and reasoning and jumping to creative new solutions. Mm -hmm. It would include verbal language, which that's a debate of where what is the source of verbal language. How does that even work? It's still not, uh, that's not a theory that's agreed upon for human nature, but the, and when you think about it, in the image of God, because God, what was the first thing that we read in the Bible, Genesis 1, 1, that God did? What was his act?
1: Genesis 1, 1. <laughs> well, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And God and he said, said,
0: let us make man in our,
2: and God said, said yeah. let there be light. Oh, yes. That God was first. spoke. And That's in fact, joke. in in. in that part, in Hebrews chapter 11, I know, the these two... In
1: the beginning was the word.
2: Yes, and exactly. That's John, right? And so mm-hmm. the capacity for communication at a verbal level uh-huh. is still considered unique to the human race. I know there are a lot of theories out there about animal communication and even primates being trained to do American Sign Language to a degree in, in certain aspects. We have all this kind of... Let alone on the other side of all this the AI, artificial intelligence, (laughs) and the ability to verbalize and the ability to creatively think and stuff is like, oh, it's, I mean, it's all rolled up into this conversation that the Bible talks about the image of God being made in the image of God. And there are some theologians who kind of like fret or whatever, that we're going to somehow bust this definition and this description of the image of God, when all of a sudden we have the The AI singularity, which is when AI becomes independent of the human race. That's a theory. I'm not saying it's, I'm not speaking prophetically here. (laughs) It is a theory. And it's even theorized to certain dates on the calendar uh, that when that's going to happen. And so then that also shakes against this classic theology about the image of God. So I just leave that there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just leave that dangling.
2: Yes. Because then we have the creative capacities, which we talked about, emotions. But then there's also the religious capacity or this drive. And when I say religious, we think of like deity. Mm -hmm. But even this capacity and even almost this default setting that we human beings thrive in surrendering their will to something or someone.
1: So that drive to be part of something larger than
2: yourself. Right. That is an aspect of the image of God. We would understand from the scriptures then that that is made to be actually filled in using New Testament Mm -hmm. words, to be filled by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes in and fills that, plugs into that spot of our nature and fulfills then that aspect of our being created in the image of God. It's even theorized. And I kind of like this. It was something I picked up from a professor years ago in one of my first couple of years of uh, Christian college studies.
1: Oh, that's a long time
2: ago. That's a long time ago. Dark ages. Yes. So I'll give credit to noful Staten uh, if anybody knows of him. Um, he, theor- he just threw out the idea. He wasn't like espousing it. He was just saying, you know, one of the possibilities is that what happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned was, That until then, they had this connection of their image. The image of God in them was connected and indwelt, connected to God as their creator. And sin broke that connection. Okay. And that created spiritual death. They got unplugged from deity. They weren't deity themselves. They got unplugged from the presence of the deity and they spiritually died.
0: Huh. So like mm-hmm. I said
2: when we talk about the That's image of God there podcast. are huge there are huge <laughs> ramifications and and interesting new thoughts to go this is a big deal and yet it is a seldom discussed aspect uh, in many churches nowadays it's just not yeah. it's not on the radar mm-hmm. it seems like we kind of need to pause there for a second and just think about Being, you know, the capacity be be filled by another leads us to the this mass following, like what Adolf Hitler had, Uh where people just surrendered to his will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we see all kinds of we call them religious cults. Yeah, when it's a cult leader that people surrender to, and in essence, I mean, they think they're filling that spot that the image of God calls for them. It's actually a falsehood. Or if you want to really. Get really freaky about it, but I think it's in the realm of possibility. This is a demonic connection; mm-hmm. it is a spirit connection of evil, right?
0: Right.
2: And whoa, well, we're not ready to discuss that in a mm-hmm. big way, but that would be a future podcast of talking about the power of evil, and power of Satan, and and that would come into this aspect of the reason that human beings are so inclined to fall for that is this image of God that we have that longs to reflect another. In surrendering, we know as New Testament believers, believers in Christ, we have a couple passages, one in Ephesians, one in Colossians. I'm just kind of thinking that the Colossians 3, 9 to 11 passage would be a good one to consider in this conversation.
0: Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in
2: all. So now that we've been having this conversation about the image of God, I think that passage will have some new nuances of meaning. Mm -hmm. Because it talks about that we are being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator, which its is referring back to our self-image, our self-concept. And so instead of building my self-concept on just my own ideas and my own experiences, that's my old self as a believer in Christ. My new self is, okay, some of that might be good, some of it's not good, but we're going to just clean it all out and we're going to let the indwelling of Christ in the Holy Spirit rebuild, renew, as it says in this passage, rebuild this image. It's not of ourselves, but it is the rebuilding of the reflecting nature in us to reflect, as it says here. The creator, it says. The creator. And in fact, it says, Christ is all and Mm -hmm. in all, which is talking about all human beings, really. I mean, the potential for the renewed person. And so the image of God is something that Christ's bringing us into a relationship with God. Also, we we sometimes discount the promise of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. And sometimes we get a little distracted by the miraculous gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. When we don't think about the really amazing aspect of that is simply the Holy Spirit as the deity, as part of the creator Godhead is reconnecting into that spot in our soul that needs someone to reflect. Hmm. All right. And that's what we're designed for. So that's a great one. So that's the capacity to be filled with another and the longing to be filled with another. Another part of that is the capacity for reciprocal love. And it is really reciprocal love that matters. There's so many passages in the New Testament talk about love one another and such. I mean, there's a bunch. Mm -hmm. And so true functioning as in the image of God is then that from one person to the other we, are reciproc- we have the ability and the desire to reciprocate love back and forth because without being plugged into God and filling the empty spot in my heart, then my love toward another person may simply be uh, manipulation right. or at least pulling at them to fill that empty spot in my heart.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense
2: yeah I th- I don't know. just it's huge. This is a huge deal. The solution is huge, but yet at the same time it seems abstract. Right. How does this actually happen? And then also just to kind of mention, because we already read the Genesis passage, and yes. the the longing to uh, to the dominion, to the rule, to the artisan side of us to to develop and build and stuff like that, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that can be directed but for good. Or for glory of God, or it can be directed to self-glory. It can be directed toward evil purposes. That all has to do with what we are actually reflecting in our lives. So what are the implications? I'm thinking that's probably, we're probably at that spot where we need to talk about that. Yes. Um, So here we are. Authentic humanness can only be experienced in relationship to God. Now, that's a statement of faith that I'm making. But if we understand this biblical concept of the image of God, obviously it's got to happen. We have to have this experience of spirit, big s, the spirit of God, and small s our spirit have to be authentically connected. Second, then this is where purpose and meaning are found. Purpose and meaning are found in that I God made me, mm-hmm. He has a plan for my life, or at least he is accompanying me, even if because some people get a little squeamish about the laid out plan, right. although the Bible talks a lot about that. But being artisans, God is giving us a plan that we can develop in that. Also, image of God says that human beings are unique compared to other living parts of the creation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And therefore, human life is to be respected. I think we mentioned that in the last yeah. like, the short podcast. That in, when Noah came out of the ark, was the first time that the commandment was given that thou shall not murder. Because this was centuries before it came to Moses on the mountain. And the, what was the basis of Yahshua murder? Because human beings are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And that's regardless of whether they are a believer or not a believer. That's, that's why it's important to embrace that the image of God is innate. Right. It is there regardless of the behavior of the person. Right. Or the character of the person or the faith of the person makes no That's the statue no aspect. That's the statue aspect, mm-hmm. that it is there, it's innate, it's always there. We have to respect that image of God in a person. Therefore, God makes the connection, murder is wrong. Yeah. And in fact, mm-hmm. not to get off on capital punishment, right? but in that Genesis passage with Noah, it is given as the rationale of why capital punishment is correct. And so that's the strongest argument that, Bible-believing people have about capital punishment. And I would say that that's not the only thing said on it, but that's the first aspect. God was setting a very hard boundary about the right. respect for human life.
0: Okay.
2: So that's built on the image of God. And so then there are just a lot of other things. Our self-identity, obviously, is a unique human trait that is, is just we have to find the answer to that. Every human being... If they aren't just on survival mode, long for that. Maslow's hierarchy of needs right. is in that. Um, and so therefore my origin my views on the origin of the universe and the creation of human beings and all of that comes into play in this conversation. And again, I'm not going to go into tons of detail, but I, but if there'sn't a special creation that goes man is made in the image of God, then where does the image of God come from. It's just a human concept that's been created to help make sense of life, but it's not a reality. It's not an innate thing. It's just a social or intellectual, emotional thing, not a real deal.
0: So that's a false belief.
2: I would say so. Yes. I don't, the, you know, accepting the biblical statement about the image of God right at the beginning, Genesis chapter one, and you come back to it in a couple of other places throughout the Old Testament. And then you come to it in the New Testament, as in we are reflecting the image of Jesus, who is the son of God. Mm-hmm. Then it's thorough. It's all the mm-hmm. way through both Old Testaments and New Testaments. And so because we're made in the image of God, Da-da-da. we have the capacity to know God, oh, that's the title. <laughs> which is what our podcast <laughs> is all about. Questions that you think might come to somebody's mind as they've been listening to this?
1: <laughs> uh, I can think of a few.
2: Let's throw a couple out and just see what uh, what we come up with.
1: All right, so I, I, you know, I'm kind of thinking of uh, the New Testament passages where it talks about you know the all the different parts you know of the. The, 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 there's the head and the hands, yeah, the, and body. The, the body, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. body, the body metaphor. The people that yeah, exactly. together. Yeah. So, um, is there an aspect of this where as each of us reflect that greatness of God with our own individual creativity, does that reflection become more and more of an image of God as it's working together?
0: I think it, that seems true to me when you're working, you know, the body together is, can do more things. Right. Or whatever, I don't know. Well,
2: And we talked about, or I mentioned that, that part of the image of God is the ability to have a reciprocal love relationship yeah. with, other, with other people. And that is the church. And, and not just the church, actually. It's other people, period. Um, that also, some, some feel like, some theologians feel like that the nature of God is love. We talked about that in our yeah. first John episode. God is love is impossible if God is not three in one.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: If God does not have three aspects of presentation, of personhood as, I mean, again, this is this is classic Orthodox Christian theology right. that Islam and Judaism have a real problem with, with yeah. us as Christians, this Trinity concept, that the part of this that comes into play with the image of God is that God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in this totally reciprocal love relationship, totally in a surrendered relationship with each other in this one God.
0: Right. Well, what was Jesus' prayer before he died was that all believers would be one.
2: Right. Uh. So the unity of the Godhead which is a more biblical term in English language because the word Trinity is actually never used in the Bible about right. God. It's a theological, it's a term that's been used theologically to explain that, but sometimes that's a real stumbling block for people. But if we use the term Godhead, which the um, um, the New Testament uses in Colossians, and Genesis 1 talks about that uh, God you know, created and that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. And so there is this recognition, even in Genesis 1, that there's these aspects of God. Mm-hmm. So in so back to the church then. As the church then creates this genuine, absolute submission to one another, Ephesians chapter 5, in the passage right before it says, wives, submit to your husbands, it says all believers submit to one another, mm-hmm. and all believers are to reciprocally love one another. We just covered two of the three bases of what the image of God is all about. Yeah. Right. And so we do reflect the image of God as a body when we celebrate and when we empower and when we help each other and when we are joyful with each other and we celebrate what the churches, the church in the small letter C means around the world. Um, We... Reciprocally, care for our our fellow believers everywhere. And nowadays, with the mass communication and all the kinds of ways to do that, it can be a little overwhelming. Actually,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> yes, it can.
2: So that I I think yes, we reflect the image of God as a body of believers. And I think actually it goes even goes from micro to macro in the sense that even like at the husband wife level, mm-hmm. together because we we'll go back Genesis one and two. Made in the image of God, it's male and female made in the image of God. Together in marriage, begin to reflect the image of God in a unique way. Then family unit, then church, and even whatever bigger unit that we want to uh, discuss mm-hmm. is there. So yeah, that's a good place to wrap up. This is a topic that a person may want to study more on, or you can always just... Uh, uh, send your questions, and mm-hmm. we could uh, maybe post uh, a blog post or also maybe just direct you to some resources, a lot of good resources. But if you want more information or would like to give us some feedback, then uh, email us at nogod at tonykafka.com, K-N-O-W-G-O-D at tonykafk yeah.
1: And We're back in two weeks with uh, another new episode, and you may have noticed kind of a theme in this Season 2 Point five, right? Um, And I think we're going to kind of keep jumping into that sort of the kind of the spirituals questions that might um, might might jump up um, in this no god topic. So we'll uh, excited to join you again in two weeks.
2: If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at knowgod at tonykafka.com. K-N-O-W-G-O-D at T-O-N-Y-K-A-F-K-A dot com.